The title of this podcast and blog episode is The Dragon May Appear Bigger Than He Is, which is a reference to when you look in the rearview mirror, there is a little saying there that says objects in mirror are closer than they appear. And for those of you that don't know and only listen to the podcast portion and don't read the blog portion, I started something on a website called Substack, and Substack is a place where you can, it's essentially a place to post your written material, and it can send it out automatically or scheduled to people that sign up through email. So I post to my personal website as well as Substack every other week, and the weeks that I don't post there, I end up posting the podcast version of that blog. The title for the whole, whatever that experiment is that I'm doing on Substack, I called it Neurotically Yours. You need a title for what people see when they open the email or when they click my blog. And I like the name Neurotically Yours because if you've been listening long enough, it's clear that I'm neurotic. I've learned to lean into your weaknesses and turn them into your strengths. So I sort of thought it would be tongue-in-cheek to name it something like Neurotically Yours because this whole thing has been me sharing my experience. So to get into today's episode... I'm afraid of a lot. That's a big reason why I named whatever this is that we share every week, neurotically yours. Of all of my fears, the one that stands on the precipice of paranoia is the dentist. Fear of dentistry is common. Climbing light fixtures, ripping the nails off their bed, and this really happened when I was nine, is taking it a step too far. In an ironic twist of fate, life handed me a genetic disposition a genetic predisposition to bad teeth simply put he has weak enamel something my pediatric dentist said to my mother when she asked why my teeth broke and chipped despite not having any cavities my father had the same condition as vonnegut says in slaughterhouse 5 so it goes i'm now 31 and to this day i spend more time than i'd like to admit in the dental chair I've come a long way since vomiting in the car in an added van-induced haze at 13, and that's particularly thanks to a compassionate dentist who's patient with his worst patient. I've recently had an implant put in, and without question, that was the most excruciating experience of my life. No amount of Novocaine can prepare one for what's required to properly install an implant. I'll spare you the gory details, as that's not the point of this podcast. I wanted to make this podcast to talk about overcoming fears. Something I've learned about fear is, more often than not, it offers little benefit. In the case of me and my dental chair, the amount of fear I'm feeling going in no way alleviates my experience. I need to go through with it anyways. So why add on the extra suffering? Easier said than done, many will say, and I agree, but that still doesn't justify giving in. I fought hard with this idea, thinking it was some kind of justification for my actions, but the truth is, fear only amplified the painful experience. Instead of suffering while I was presently in the dental chair, I suffered for months before leading up to it. So I wanted to share some things that I've learned over the years about overcoming fear. The perceived danger is always worse in your head. Every time I've been to the dentist, 
it's been unpleasant. Sometimes it's even been painful, but it's never been as bad or as traumatic as I've played it up in my head. The anticipation was always worse than being presently in the chair at the time. That's something to really consider because our anxiety is often worse than the situation. Something that happens, which leads us to the second thing I've learned about fear, is that exposure therapy to the things that scare you don't make you less afraid, they make you braver, and there's a big difference. The more time I spent in the chair, the more hands-on experience I had to combat the idea that it's something to be fearful of. I'm far from happy to go to the dentist, but at least I can tolerate the experience. This may seem obvious, but studies claim people who visit the dentist more regularly and individuals without previous traumatic dental experiences were less anxious. Yeah, that may be obvious. This, the latter especially, people without traumatic dental experiences were less anxious. Fine. But the first part is what really stood out to me. People who visited the dentist more regularly were less anxious when going to the dentist. And that's not necessarily because... It's, it's not for any other reason other than they can remember the actual experience comparing it to their fear of it. So the longer you put something off that you're fearful to do, the worse and larger the dragon and in this case, the dragon being fear builds in your head. Ignoring something only allows the dragon to get bigger. Only by facing the dragon head on are you able to eventually conquer it. Now, the entire point of all of this, as I wrote here, is implying exposing oneself to the fear lessens the impact of the fear in the future. They become braver. By going to the dentist more frequently, I was able to remember what my previous experience was like. I was scared, but I still said, remember last time you were scared and it wasn't as bad as you anticipated and that was always the case. And just because it was unpleasant doesn't mean it was as bad as I anticipated because we hyperbolize everything and fear is, it's, it's a lens in which everything is hyperbolized. We take everything to the 10th degree and it makes everything worse and the longer, the, the more lapse there is in exposure to that fear, the larger the dragon becomes. And it's it's a bit of a catch-22, I suppose, because you try to avoid discomfort, so you avoid it, but then avoiding discomfort causes more discomfort. So the only thing to really do is lean into discomfort. That's partially why I named this Neurotically Yours, because my neuroses, my anxiety, my stress all the time was something that was a weakness, something that I tried to run from, something that I was fearful of. So naming this Neurotically Yours was leaning into it. It was, it was taking something that I felt controlled me and finding a way to control it myself by essentially turning it into uh, leverage for opportunities to express myself through writing. And if you can use your fear as a tool instead of something to diminish your experiences in life, it will empower you and you'll become braver. That's essentially where I'm trying to go with this. Now you're thinking, like, what does any of this have to do with writing or art? But more than you think, the lack of talent isn't the biggest hurdle for new writers or artists or anybody that wants to do anything where the goal is to expose yourself to the public and then get feedback and hope that they like it. People think that it's lack of talent. Well, you know, I'm not successful as a writer or artist or anything else because I'm not as good as other people. But the truth is it's fear. Fear of looking stupid. Fear of looking inferior to your peers fear of failing and, and being made fun of, but in reality, that's a big portion of most people's beginnings and origins. You need to get through, slog through that uncomfortable part in order to gain some footing and experience to be able to learn from your mistakes. 
you can't have that foundation without possibly making a few mistakes. Writer's block can be summarized as, I want to tell the story, but I don't think I'm good enough to write it. That may be true, but it's expected for a first draft. Only by conquering your fear can you overcome the hurdle. You will soon discover your pain isn't as bad as you imagined. And the liberation of overcoming the fear will propel you to continue. The more you defeat this mentality of overcoming your fear or looking silly or foolish, when to be fair, no one, uh, I've never experienced, I have failed many times and I haven't experienced anybody making fun of me. If anything, people just don't say anything. And when they do say stuff, it's often kind. People are very kind. And I, I think most people are even inspired by the fact that you're putting yourself out there when most wouldn't. So even if you do look foolish when you put yourself out there, most people are still inspired by the idea that you're trying and you're, you're doing something. A lot of people have regrets. A lot of people are just fearful to do things they truly wish they could do. And a lot of people are stuck on their nine to five. So if you're doing something that you passionately care about, people, they live vicariously through you. They're not even focusing on how well you're performing. They're just vicariously living through the idea that you're doing something that you truly are passionate about and you're not just settling watching Netflix, falling asleep, doing it again the next day. Something to keep in mind, and I don't think this will ever, there will ever be a point where the fear disappears. Like me in the dentist chair, it's part of who I am, but it doesn't mean we should allow it to dictate our path. By maintaining momentum, in my case, writing every day with no exceptions, I remind myself it's not about writing well, it's simply about showing up. I believe if you show up enough, eventually you'll produce something worth sharing. And if not, there's always tomorrow. Now to answer the question as to why I named this, the dragon may appear bigger than he is. There's a very common tale of the knight that is asked by the king to go save the princess from the dragon. In a lot of tales, the dragon hoards the treasure and treasure's valuable. And of course, treasure's valuable because there's a monster guarding it. And nothing in life is worth achieving unless there's difficulty to obtain it. Most things that are worth achieving, there's a level of difficulty in between you and achieving what you want. And that's the dragon. Only when the knight is able to face the dragon head on and defeat the dragon can he get the princess or the treasure. And in your life, we'll encounter many dragons. And only by challenging the dragon, looking our fear directly in the face and conquering it, can we have the treasure at the end, whether it be the princess, the treasure, or anything else. That's why I named it this, because because it's a metaphor for, for facing what scares you most and overcoming it, and as a result, winning in the end. I want to thank you guys for listening. And until next time, Lauren Bronstein out. If you enjoyed this, it would mean a tremendous amount if you could... Uh, rate it on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to this because rating it allows other people to find it. Uh, I don't monetize this, so just to have exposure, if you can share it with your friends, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, wherever, that would be really cool because the more we could grow, maybe the more people I could have on. I'd like to start entertaining the idea of having guests. I think it would be interesting to start interviewing people and understanding their journey. Everybody can learn something from everyone else, and I feel that there are a lot of interesting people there with stories to tell, and they just don't have the platforms necessarily. So if you know someone or you are someone that wants to come on, you can reach out to me on any social media platform, and I would love to have you on. That's mostly it. If you want to read my Substack, uh, the link will always be in the podcast description. You can just Google my name, Lauren Bronstein, and you'll find my website and anything else. Anything you're willing to share is always greatly appreciated. Thanks again.